uh, we always see flaws before we see our strengths. That mind shift needs to change because once you start focusing in on what you're good at, that's when you really thrive in your job, your career, your personal life, and not so much on, you know, the things that are, that are wrong. I mean, yes, you always want, there's always opportunities to grow and learn, but I don't think that we're going to really grow that much by just focusing in on our weaknesses. Glaze and Grit is a podcast where honest and real conversations are front and center. A conversation where Fargo-Moorhead area business owners, thought leaders, advocates, and visionaries share their lessons learned and provide a fresh perspective to better inform and support you in your journey. It's about sharing the real story to inspire, lead, and encourage, all right here in my backyard of Fargo, North Dakota. It all starts with a conversation, an honest one. I'm Jesse Winnerovich, and this is Glazing Grit. My next guest is a community leader whose empathy, compassion, and kindness for others is inspiring and deeply humbling. Her day job includes working for Bushel, a local software company focused on the ag industry, and at home, mom to two little boys. We discuss the impact of giving back to the community, shifting goals, career growth, and the power of women empowering women. Here's Terry Winkleman. Thanks so much again for coming on. I appreciate it. And I think a great way to start off is to share a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So I am not a Fargo native, but a North Dakota native. I grew up in a small town by Minot, North Dakota, the magic city, Um, Mm -hmm. but moved to Fargo for college and just fell in love with the larger city, but still hometown feel. Got married, met my my sweetheart at NDSU. Um, we moved away for about a year and decided that Fargo is just a really good place to settle down. So um, we found jobs. And through my career, I've done several different things, but just kind of have more recently landed at Bushel. And uh, it's just been a really great transition and organization and just a really good fit for me. So that's where I'm at right now. I am a mother of two little boys, four and a six-year-old, and they can be very busy and they're crazy, uh, but I love them so much and I'm learning a lot about being a mother and how to Google things and I'm just kind of making it up as I go along. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> well, awesome. Terry, you are very active in the fargo Morehead area community. You sit on various committees and boards focused on workforce initiatives, employee engagement, and company culture. Mm-hmm. I want to ask, what makes these initiatives so personal to you? I look at, you know, my college career. I feel like that's where I really became myself and really kind of learned who I wanted to be. And NDSU gave me that opportunity to do that as well as other colleges. And in Fargo, we have a workforce shortage, right? We have a lot of different open jobs and we don't have the right number of employees to fill it. So how do we get our college students to not just come here for an education, but how do we get them to stay here and make Fargo um, their home? You know, Fargo is just a really great community. I mean, I think it serves well to people that like a big city and it serves the population that like a little bit more rural. I think it's just a really fun and great place to live. And I think that a lot of the time students don't really get to see that. So that's kind of where my passion is about, you know, promoting our community and just making it a better place for me, my family, and just the people that I work with and and our friends with. And you had a pretty 
awful experience, work experience when you were younger. I think that potentially plays a big role in why you're so passionate in this too, right? Yes. I I mean, I worked for, it was a great company, but just a bad position for me, right? So I'm a more empathetic person. And uh, there's this position I had, it was a customer service representative for flexible spending accounts and HSAs and Uh, you know, people just call in and very, very forward and rude. And I just don't handle that very well. But that job taught me to learn how to be content in any situation as well. Right. So that job had a lot of opportunity for me to, you know, kind of grow a little bit thicker skin, learn about, you know, what areas of opportunity I had. And then also it, it kind of shaped like, okay, that's not the right fit and that's okay. And I can find a, a different job because there's lots of jobs in Fargo that I would be able to use my strengths and not just have to work on my weaknesses, which I think is an important part of growing in your career as well. I mean, I think that, you know, who knows what they want to do when they graduate college. I mean, I certainly wasn't one that knew exactly what my career path would look like. And so it took me several jobs to find, you know, what I really excel at, what I find to be really engaging work and where I just best fit. And I don't think that most people find their dream job their first one out of college. And I think that there's just a really great opportunity to educate students. How do you utilize your strengths? Because that's where you're going to find the best results for you. You're not going to find them by working on your weaknesses as much, although it's always great to do that. But I mean, really honing in on what makes you, you, and how can you incorporate that in your job? I think that by looking at different companies or, you know, trying different jobs, it's important to find where you fit. I think they say the average employee now stays at an organization for two to three years, which is not a lot of time. So as an employer myself, how how do we utilize that employee to their fullest extent for however long they decide to be at our organization? What can we glean from them to make our organization better, our culture healthier? And then also if we work on those things and provide those growth opportunities to shift someone into to the role they want to be in, maybe they will stay outside of that two to three year span. I love that. And I love what you said about not focusing so much on our weaknesses, but really hone in on our strengths. And I feel like as women, and especially younger women, right out of college, there's this focus on like, work on your weaknesses, where it's like, no, I feel like, be mindful of them and aware of them, but really hone in on your strengths. And that's something that I've learned as I've gotten older. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know where that mentality comes from with women. But I think it's something that we're just naturally ingrained with. Uh, We always see flaws before we see our strengths. That mind shift needs to change because once you start focusing in on what you're good at, that's when you really thrive in your job, your career, your personal life, and not so much on, you know, the things that are that are wrong. I mean, yes, you always want there's always opportunities to grow and learn. But I don't think that we're going to really grow that much by just focusing in on our weaknesses. For sure. So what happened after you quit that job? Oh, it was so fantastic. A lot of really (laughs) fun things happened. So I quit my that job without having a backup in place, which I typically would not recommend to people, but I was just so unhappy. And there was just so many unnecessary tears and and wine that was consumed. (laughs) And so my husband and I decided that for for my mental health, like it would just be best to, to leave that position. It was just toxic for me. And I just wasn't a good partner at that time, I think as well. 
Um, so I quit that job and to, to celebrate, you know, we booked a, a cruise a few days later as something that we had already planned. And then um, I got into a, a fairly large car accident two days before the cruise left. So I quit my job, didn't have insurance, got into a bad car accident. You know, I had a concussion and um, totaled the car, but other than that, it was fine. And then we went on our cruise and my husband and I, we are tall people, right? And I would just highly recommend not renting mopeds to share on a, a foreign island, right? So we did that and we crashed it. And I had to be flown back to the U.S. to have surgery on my arm. My husband was unconscious in the middle of the street and had teeth knocked out. And we were just a literal bloody mess and had to come back to the States and had to do extensive physical therapy. But I look back at that time, I really wasn't that bad. I just remember watching a lot of The Office and eating Rice Krispie Treat cereal and just being thankful that we made it back. Kind of in one piece, several pieces, but we made it. That was just a a fun little time of growth, I'd say, for (laughs) both of us. Oh, man. Well, one of the ways our community invests in women leaders is the United Way's 35 Under 35 Women's Leadership Program, mm-hmm. which you were a graduate of. Yes. How has being a graduate of the program contributed to your decision to be as involved as you are? Yeah, definitely. So that program, not to be a plug or anything, but it's phenomenal, really and truly. It helped me to gain confidence in the skills that I had already, um, but to just utilize them more effectively. And I think more than anything else, it just connected me with other like-minded women in the area. Uh, We were 35 very, very different women, but it was just so unique because that group, we sincerely just wanted each other to succeed. And I think that's so hard for women in the workforce in general. I think that there's a natural competition that comes being a woman in the workforce. And it's not necessary, but it happens. Being connected with these 35 other women that honestly, I've never been involved with such a a group that was so encouraging, encouraging you to, to grow or encouraging you with your failures or just being there to listen to you. I mean, it was just really impactful. And I think more than anything, those women, and I'm still very much connected with a large group of them, you know, we meet frequently to talk about, you know, what are your goals for this year? How can I, how can I help you reach those goals? And those are things that women don't typically do or or people do in general. I think that life gets so busy. You get kids or work, you know, we just, our calendars fill up, but Mm -hmm. how, what time do we set aside for growth and development? Right. And so I meet with those women regularly to, to talk about what's meaningful for me how can I get there? And what are some actionable steps that this group can help me achieve them? Um, so that group of women has really helped me with that. But they've also are really encouraging to be involved in the community. I don't think I would be near as involved in the community had I not been in that program. It just opened up a lot of opportunities and opened my eyes to the need of utilizing my strengths. So I mean, for example, you know, I sit on different boards that give career advice to to students. I speak at high schools to talk about, you know, what can you do with your career? You know, let's do some mock interviews. How can I best prepare you to enter the workforce? Can I give you some direction on what colleges to go to? Or maybe college isn't a good fit for you. And that's okay. There's so many wonderful trade jobs that that need to be filled in this community. And 
I just didn't really know that these opportunities existed before these people kind of presented them to me. Sure. Or just knowing too with the United Way, there's a really large homeless population and they don't just need food and shelter. They need education on how to get back into the workforce. How can we utilize these volunteers to help them with the different aspects of being part of a community? I love so much of what you said there. A few things that really resonated with me, that it's okay that goals shift and goals change and the importance of having people come alongside you in those goals. And then also the group of being like having a unified mission mm-hmm. and how powerful that can be when you do have that. So that's mm-hmm. very neat. Yeah. And it was really fun this year. We got together about three or four weeks ago, a group of five of us. And it, something different that we did this year is we, we had a word that we wanted to be our word for the year. Right. Mm-hmm. And so whenever we kind of feel like we're straying off the path, we just look back to that one word that we really want to be the theme of 2021 and help that guide us. Right. So for example, my word that I chose was courage. I felt like I had maybe been a little stagnant in my career during the pandemic, you know, you're just trying to literally figure out what you're doing mm-hmm. and, you know, lacking that courage to be in front of people and, and be vulnerable and um, put yourself out there. So that was my word. And love that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's transition and talk about Bushel, where yes. you hold the position of talent acquisition specialist. Mm-hmm. Did you know that your career path, and we talked about this a little bit too, about, you know, just the changing career path, but did you know that HR, human resources is the area that you wanted to pursue? No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I I honestly think that I just kind of luckily found my way here. And just knowing what I know about myself now as a a human being, it's the perfect fit for me. But I had to to do a lot of jobs that were not the perfect fit for me to to kind of find that. Um, I didn't ever really have a, a passion necessarily for human resources and policy writing and whatnot. But what I have a passion for are people and really being able to connect with people on a a deeper level. And that really is beneficial when you're recruiting for an organization. And one thing I will say about Bushel that it's unique that we do. So I had an interview here just about two years ago. And I came in because my friend had mentioned that they have an HR opening. And so I met with them and I was like, you know, I don't honestly, full disclosure, I don't know if I'm the best fit for this job because I'm not really an HR generalist, right? That's not really what my history and experience has been. And they said, well, what do you want to do? What are you good at? And what are your passions? And Hmm. so I just started talking and talking about workforce development and career ladders, developing employees and recruiting and being a part, being a community partner and just these different things. And they looked at each other during the interview. I met with two people and they're like, well, we need that here. And they offered me a job that they didn't have because they saw that my strengths would be best utilized in this role that have my interests and passions and my strengths versus putting me in a position that maybe was needed, but could be shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a really unique thing that, that we do at Bushel. And I think that's why we have such a talented workforce. Wow. What are some traits that you look for when hiring or looking at a new team member? I think the number one thing that we look for when we're looking for employees at Bushel is adaptability. 
Uh, we are a very innovative organization. We're in technology. We look for people that are excited by problems, that are excited to, to work on new projects, or, you know, we're always looking to be more, more efficient and improve on things. So that means that we have to pivot a lot. And we are very flexible with, you know, trying to make sure that we're doing things in an efficient way and to get a good product out there. So we look for people that are very adaptable. Adaptability. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And it's really fun too. So we are um, in software technology or software development. What we really did is we really honed in on the egg industry, right? So the egg industry has a lot of technology, but they have it with their equipment. You know, there's autonomous machines. There's a lot of equipment to help growers get good yields. But there wasn't really a lot of digitization around their business. Mm-hmm. And so we could really come in and solve this large problem that a lot of people have, a lot of growers have. We are able to help them with their business and not just their growing, but really their business is, and, and that's feeding the world. And it's really exciting. A lot of our employees grew up on farms or had grandparents or, or you know, just being in the Midwest, we're just very, very connected to agriculture. I think that's another reason why we have such a motivated workforce is we're solving a problem that affects everybody and it's exciting and fun and it's a lot of what hasn't been touched before it's really cool especially it's starting up locally too it's just it's been a lot of fun i was recently having connect with a couple of women in our community about the power of, of stepping out of our comfort zone and you shared a piece of advice is to not be afraid to do things that make you uncomfortable What have you found to be a benefit of stepping out of your comfort zone? I think that if we don't step out of our comfort zone, we're going to be stagnant. And that could be in your personal or professional life. If we don't do do things that scare us a little bit, are we going to grow? Um, And I think it all depends, too, on what you want to do. I mean, if, if you're fine just doing the same thing all the time. I mean, maybe that's not important, but if you want to grow as a human, as a person, you have to do things that scare you. I found that at Bushel too. So we, we practice a blameless culture and we do that because we have found that we can't be innovative if we're afraid to fail. So mm-hmm. by practicing blamelessness, you know, no one's scared to try new things and it creates a safe environment to raise your hand when there is a mistake made saying, Oh, I did that. What can you learn for next time? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I really learned that in professional life. Absolutely. But also in my personal life too, I am very intentional about what do I want to achieve and what are different things that I can do that help me get there. Even if it's volunteering, you know, that can be very scary for some people and or speaking at events. Honestly, it's just helping people as well, because maybe you have information that they could use to to be beneficial in their life. So I think that without a little bit of courage, without a little bit of gumption, you know, you become stagnant. And I think just as important as doing things that will help grow you, by doing those things, you find out what you don't like as well. And I think that's just as important. Like it's good to fail because A, you learn things and B, maybe that's not what you want your goal to be. Mm-hmm. I've learned much more from my failures than I have my successes. You don't learn a lot if you don't try different things. Or, I mean, even if you dislike it, I mean, that's great. Now you know. Mm-hmm. Now you know. What is the most important risk you took 
I would say my husband and I, our first year of marriage, he and I went to South America together for our first year of marriage. Um, and it, it, that can be a transition hard enough already is like now you're living with someone that you just married, but hey, let's go to a, a foreign country where you don't speak the language. He and I stuck out very much. You know, we're both very tall and blonde, and that's definitely um, not the norm there. And why I think it was really important for me and impactful was I was really uncomfortable in a lot of situations because I couldn't talk to people. I couldn't communicate. And what it really showed me was coming back home to really have a heart for, for new Americans, right? Mm-hmm. They are coming to my home in Fargo. How can I make them more comfortable? How can I help them find employment? How can I be a better servant for them? You know, I think it just really opened my eyes to, to different cultures and appreciating different cultures. But then also, I think being really uncomfortable by being out of my comfort zone and not being able to, to speak freely and communicate, I think it just really gave me a better perspective on being a human being and being out of place. And I think that um, that was probably one of the biggest decisions that we've made that has impacted us. And now my husband and I both have a definite heart for travel and learning about different cultures and and just getting to know people on a deeper level. And I, I think that. that's helped me both personally and professionally too, because I've been able through my different jobs that I've had to really connect with our new American population, whether that be through the Afro-American Development Association or United Way, or, you know, even um, working with Create Internships, which provides opportunities for people that have autism. You know, there's just a very big spectrum of different organizations that you can utilize to help people that are, that are different than you. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's great. For sure. Who inspires you? A lot of people that inspire me. I work with a, a lot of really, really smart people. Uh, you know, we work with computer programmers that basically see things in code, right? But I think who inspires me probably the most, and it might be cliche to say it, but it's my mom. She's just such an amazing woman. And I think that she has just provided a life for my family that it was different than her own. And I just really admire her. And um, she just, she was my mother first and foremost growing up, but now she's just become a really good friend. And I just think that she's so smart and wonderful and just looking to her as motivation to be a better person and to be a leader and a mother. It, yeah, I'd say that she inspires me probably the most. Can you share more about your mom? Yeah, so she grew up in, in an environment I think that was pretty tricky. I think that there was uh, a bit of poverty and, you know, some abuse. And I think that, you know, as I get older, I just come to realize that, you know, breaking that cycle is really difficult. And she did it. You know, she got her GED when she was 17 and married my father. And she decided to go back to college later on in life and graduated summa cum laude went back to get her master's and then now she works with, or she just retired, but she worked with children to identify ones that have, you know, disabilities, you know, learning and whatnot in the school system. So just really utilizing her 
drive and her empathy to make a really big impact. But she also provided a household that was nothing but filled with love and encouragement. And because of that, my sisters and I, we all grew up to be, you know, not just self-sufficient, but I think we're pretty good humans. And we, <laughs> we are people that care about others and we're self-sufficient and we have families that are just growing in that, um, that environment as well. And so I think that she's just an amazing woman and nothing but lots of respect for my mom. Mm -hmm. She grew up in a really, really tough environment and she just came out ahead and was wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. All right. To start wrapping up here, Terry, I love asking this question to guests because it always surprises me. So what is something you think everyone should do at least once in their life? I think it would be to travel somewhere unique that is totally different than what you're used to. I think that not only is it really fun, but it's educational. And I think that other parts of the world, there's so much history and you learn from that and you meet people that you would never have gotten the opportunity to and try and eat foods, cultural things. And I just think that everyone should, should travel much as they can when they can. Very neat. Yeah. All right. As we close, is there anything else you would like to add? The, the main thing that, you know, I could share with people is just don't be afraid to fail. Have courage and get outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. Just try to better yourself. Mm -hmm. It's great advice going into 2021 as we wrap up all of what 2020 was. With 2020, it was an interesting year. It was hard, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think that if we focus on being grateful for what we have, you know, it just leads to more joy, right? So if we just continually think of all the things that are going wrong, and I mean, there's so much of it, right? I think that just leads to negativity and depression and anxiety. But if we mm -hmm. focus on like, Man, I'm really thankful I've still got a job. I'm still, I'm thankful for, you know, even small, small wins, right? It mm -hmm. just leads to a more grateful attitude and more joy. Ditto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I really yeah. appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for asking me. Hey, thanks so much for listening in today. I absolutely loved connecting with Terry and found three key takeaways from our conversation. One, travel when you can. It provides a fresh perspective and opens your eyes. Number two, hone in and develop your strengths. Your gifts and talents are needed. And three, find your tribe. It may take some courage along the way. If you would like to learn more about Terry, check out the show notes on glazinggridpodcast.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by subscribing, rating, and sharing. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jessie Winneravage. Talk to you soon.